0: It's happening again. Welcome to Work Cookie. idea to make your most challenging workplace problems go away?
1: Hello, this is Dr. Jeremy Lookaball, workplace communication and negotiation coach, as well as industrial organizational psychology consultant. In addition to cbock.com that you just heard, you can also visit my website at termboot.com. Also on the panel today, we have Tom Bradshaw, voice and speech coach and a damn good actor at that. He is the leading voice and speech coach for the industrial
2: organizational psychology community. Uh, Today we're having an open mic panel, choose your side on unlimited vacation time. How much responsibility is on the employee to figure out their schedule? The reason I asked that question is, I spent seven years working in post-secondary in a theater and film program, and if I was directing a show, I would put in a hundred hours in five weeks. And then I got five weeks of vacation in the summer, which was lovely, but to get the work done, I would have to be working in the summer. So I might, you know, they would kick me out of the office. I couldn't come to the university, but I was working from home because, you know, in the summer as a, if you're working in post-secondary, you're preparing for the fall so the agreement was well whenever you can take time off take time off we're not going to pay you for your extra hours if we do we're going to be really upset with you uh, because the legislation up here was that you know any unused holiday pay had to be paid out at the end of the year so there was a real push by hr to make sure that everybody had taken all of their vacation time which was difficult it was much better when i sort of took control and went okay you know i've got a couple of days here you know maybe i've got to come in and teach a class for an hour but i can really you know come in teach that class and then leave again so how much responsibility is going to be on the employees to got to go not only this is how i want to work but i can get the work done working this way and then it's you know it's going to have a an effect on everybody else so how much responsibility should the employees be taking and approaching their managers and going, you know, we need to find a more, a better situation. Because if we don't, it's going to be like, you're going to be going, I don't have this work-life balance or life work balance. And so I'm going to find a job somewhere else. Any thoughts on that, Linda (laughs) Ann? Oh,
3: I think most of the time that that happens when somebody's negotiating, they're, they're higher, right? And when you're looking at a professional environment, you know, for the most part, if somebody wants an extra week vacation, give it to them because they have to get the work done anyway. right? they It's not like they're standing there at the at the assembly line where you know somebody else has to take their position. And so you, usually someone who's going on vacation works harder at the beginning, works a little harder on the on the when they come back, um, make sure everything's covered, those kinds of things. So the work gets done anyway. So as far as I'm concerned, in a professional environment, professional, you know, like when I would negotiate, you know, a, a, a new hire, I would say we, you know, we had a flexible work schedule so that people could come in. That They had core hours. They started at nine and work till three right so you had to be in the office <clears throat> this was a pre-pandemic pre-pandemic had to be available um during those six hours if you wanted to work two hours you know start at seven or stay till six that was up to you and you could go to your doctor and flex your time and and but you were professional you had you knew what you had to do to get your job done and we expected you to behave that way and and you know that took a lot of pressure off of a lot of people um So that's, but not everybody's got, like I said, there's different, there's mixed environments. And so I don't think it applies. I think you have to really look at your individual workforce um, and make sure that there's, you know, consistency on some level.
2: Right. And if it's, you know, if if we're talking about position in manufacturing where you need to be on the floor, you know, something like remote work is not going to work for you. You know, and you still are going to have hassles about who takes vacation when, you know, I've worked in organizations where everybody wants to take the same two weeks off in the summer, and then you have to negotiate with everybody else. But we are now seeing the emergence of remote work. Well, I shouldn't say, you know, emergence because it's been here for 20 or 30 years, but it's really picking up steam. And one of the things that I'm hearing is, as we're figuring this out, how to work successfully remotely, the key thing is. Are you getting the work done? Are you accomplishing your goals? Especially with the remote workers, can we not take the same tack with vacation time, where it's take as much time as you want, but you've got this deadline, you've got this deadline. And as long as those deadlines are met, we don't care what you're doing. Do you think that's going to be more of the future? I
3: absolutely do. And I think it's like I've I've said this before you know, I think it's not going to be a work life balance, it's going to be life right? You right. have to get this done and you, and you know what your responsibility is. But it also brings up the other drum I beat often is we need to make sure that we have skilled managers. That's the real gap in the workforce. Just because you were good at, you know you know, this particular project doesn't mean you're good at managing that humanity. And so that's where we need to, if we're going to do this, We need to make sure we're doing it with people who know how to manage it appropriately and have the right training, Um, you know, and one of the things, you know, Jeremy brought up a four-day work week. One of the things that they've seen when you go to a four-day work week is people use less lead.
2: Yeah.
4: Because and
3: they schedule, have- they schedule, you know, if you work 410s or whatever, they schedule their dentist appointment for that Friday or Monday, whatever it is, right. and they don't need to take other leave. So um, that's where some of the increase in productivity can happen.
2: And and we've seen in the four-day work week that the same amount of work is actually getting done. So let me ask you then, because you've talked about, you've mentioned the managers and maybe it's a new skill set. And, and, you know, as, as business is changing and, You know, we're lucky enough to live in a time where things are changing quickly and we're developing this new paradigm. Technology is part of it. You know, as uh, we've often talked to Robert McGarvey, who's a a world-class economist, and, you know, as Robert talks about the paradigm shifts and, you know, we're into something now that we haven't really probably experienced since the industrial revolution. So not only, you know, flexible vacation time, but aren't we really looking at creating the new work setting that we can take you know we've learned lots of lessons from the past but is it not time to throw that out and to really develop the new paradigm for work in the 21st century
3: oh i absolutely think so you know i think that the whole companies that are trying to squish everybody back into the box that was there before it's, it's a losing battle, and I, and I don't think it's going to turn out well for them. Um, I, I think absolutely that we have to create that paradigm and, and accept the paradigm that's already there, right? And just say, but that's, again, the skill set of the manager. Here's, here's our KPIs or here's whatever structure you're using to make sure you've got your productivity and the things that need to get done. And then have the skill set to manage it. That's what's going to need to shift in that new paradigm is the effectiveness of the management team.
2: Jeremy, we've gotten a little bit in our discussion with Linda Ann on the role that managers need to play in this shift. But once again, you know, I keep asking you this question almost every single week. How do we get them to buy in? You know, how do we get managers to trust their employees? How do we get the leaders of the organizations who may come to, you know, to their CEO and go we really want to work on flex vacation time you know as long as the work we're going to make sure the work gets done but we also want to give the people the option of how much vacation time they take how do we get that message to the leaders so they'll hear us
1: it's it's first is perspective and as soon as you mentioned trust i looked down at my notes because that's something i had so the trust perspective and the in the research i was doing prior to today for this the trust perspective when you really get down to what all the what we what we know already in the literature it's don't we don't move towards a perspective of how can we trust them we move to the perspective of show we can trust them by doing it because that actually shows the trust and provides the trust so it's a complete shift in perspective i will say you know, when you look at a policy like unlimited vacation, I I don't think that, you know, the, a, a blanket everyone should buy in. Right now, we look at, we see the tech industries doing it like SoFi, Netflix, IBM. These are the ones, and it's the tech companies that are having these unlimited vacation policies. And we also have to take into consideration, um, uh, you know, again, highly skilled, highly motivated workers versus low skilled, low motivated, and everywhere in between. And then we have to look at how is it implemented. Is this something that's earned, and that can have an adverse effect on people who haven't earned it? So there's so many different things, factors to look into here. And what I'm seeing also is sometimes they can backfire a little bit because unlimited vacation policies aren't tracked. So therefore, employees, unless they're you know keeping their keeping track of their own, they don't know how much they've taken. Plus. There can also be a race to the bottom of the ladder where employees say we have unlimited vacation. I'm going to be the one that doesn't take any to show that I'm not taking any. And especially with the newer employees, the, the, the ones that aren't as seasoned employees, they might see this policy as confusing because they don't know, you know, in terms of the company culture and the, and the politics that are involved. So some people may just shy away. But regardless, I think if a company is going to play with um, unlimited vacation policy, it's very important to train, uh, to have really uh, unlimited vacation policy training and have open discussion about it. Is this, you know, Would you really just open discussion, make sure that the um, the policy is, is down pat, but have an open discussion so people get an understanding of it. Tom, you look like you had a question.
2: Well, well, I do because I've been doing some research. We're we're going to be talking to uh, Sophie Wade with Virtual Communication Mastery at the end of the month, and I've been doing research on her messaging, and she talks a lot about empathy, that if we're going to have these types of discussions, if we're going to work out things like flexible vacation time, that managers and maybe the workers too really need to approach that with empathy, do you think that's that's one of the key elements that's maybe missing a lot from our leaders right now?
1: It is. It's uh, that goes along with a lot of different things, you know, emotional intelligence in a workplace and one's own capa- capability to be empathetic. You know, empathy isn't the easiest thing to to train, right? We're talking, you know, sometimes it falls into the attitude rather than the behavior category, so it, it can be difficult there. Um, what we can look at and maybe combine the empathy with the, the productivity, it's almost, you know, when you, when you look at the, the, uh, performance and the recovery curve of physical training, it mimics the performance and recovery curve of stress and burnout in the workplace, mm-hmm. you know, physico- physiologically, our bodies are perfectly capable of, of handling stress. But what happens when, and this happens with executives a lot is picture a, uh, picture maybe a sound wave that is climbing the stairs right and that that's what it looks like so you have when you train or when you experience stress you're unless it's positive stress we'll talk about that another time your your actual uh performance will go down but then it's that recovery phase whether you're talking about cognitive ability or or muscle where it goes higher and then you have recovery phase but your baseline continues to get higher and higher each time which is training so a lot of times executives it'll be you know deal with it move on deal with it move on but without that recovery phase that you, you they continue to stay sometimes below that baseline and that's how em- employees stay without proper recovery so that's what it means when we're talking about unlimited vacation or, or any kind you know kind of vacation but we really look at burnout and stress in terms of productivity and you can add that into being a more empathetic workplace with the managers because it takes that empathy in order to notice it. But then again, what's in it for them? What's in it for me? Uh, more productivity, fewer fewer challenges, fewer arguments, fewer conflict, um, better communication and those kinds of things. When people are less stressed and less burned out.
2: Well, that was gonna be my next question. I think in a way because if I'm on IO or if I'm in HR and I see the benefits of a flexible and maybe even unlimited vacation time, for our employees. How do I take that message to my boss who's maybe not even happy with the fact that we're working remotely? You know, how do I know people are working when I can't see them? How do I know that, you know, they're not just taking time off when they're supposed to be working? How do I take that message to leadership going, no, it's actually gonna increase productivity. You're gonna have a happier workforce. They're going to be more dedicated to your organization. How do I wordsmith that discussion? That beautiful question, and how do you wordsmith it, it really needs to be
1: tailored to the specific conversation and and who you're working with. There's no really real blanket. One of the best things to do is look at the data. Unfortunately, when we look at, You know, the the companies that are doing this aren't really just going to allow their all their data to be out there on. Hey, this I mean, you can find plenty of articles where, you know, you can find plenty of qualitative data where these, um, you know, they they code them. They won't say a name or company, but they'll code them as top executive where it'll say top executive IT company, you know, West Coast. Right. But it'll you'll you'll see. It'll say, yeah, we can overall sense productivity. Some have already called out and said, we, we don't even have enough data to really understand how it works, but we can feel a shift, and that's good because you're looking at the discovery process of what may or may not work, and then you study it quantitatively. Uh, but overall, you know, I mean, unlimited. Um, I saw a, a a study back in uh, 2015 that was pretty you know vibrant in terms of uh, who's involved. So. It's not necessarily a, a 2022 thing, and it's something that's been tossed around. Um, but let's go to um, Rebecca. I see you have your hand up, please.
5: Hi, thank you. Um, I just wanted to bring some context from other countries into the conversation. So um, the, the United States, um, the same way the United States is an outlier in terms of it being the only country that doesn't offer paid family leave, Um, We're also an outlier in terms of being one of the few countries that doesn't offer uh, paid vacation. You know, just to give a couple examples, um, countries like Germany, you know, they offer uh, 20 paid days um, a year nationally, and France offers 30, and um, I just want to point out that, you know, both of those countries have really strong economies, and, you know, like, Um, the the organizations in those countries, like it's not the end of the world, you know, like when their employees, um, you know, take 20 to 30 days, you know, business still goes on because it's not like everyone takes um, the same 20 or 30 days a year. So, you know, in terms of the whole productivity um, conversation, in terms of like, you know, convincing um, managers that it's not going to hurt productivity, um, you know, there's definitely evidence because like this happens in other countries and like those other countries economies are, you know, just as strong and comparable um, as the US.
2: let me ask you Rebecca, because that's really inf- interesting information. Of those countries you're looking at, who would you place as the leader that we should be looking at?
5: Um, um I'm not sure. Can you maybe like, explain more what you mean or like where sure. where you're coming from?
2: Well, I'm up here in Canada. And, and when you said that there's that you don't get paid don't get for paid. vacation time, uh, that shocked me because up here in Canada, any job I've ever had, I get paid for my vacation time. It's it's part of my part compensation. Uh, so I'm a little surprised to hear that in the United States, that's not the norm. But I know that there must be companies that are ahead of us in the curve, even here in Canada. Uh, maybe some of the European nations, where flex time, for example, is much more of a thing. So are you seeing any interesting trends out there where we should be going, you know, look at Germany and the, and what they're doing, or look at France, uh, or maybe it's, you know, <laughs> maybe it's a country like Russia. I would have no idea what the Russian vacation system is like. Uh, but are you seeing any particular company, organization, area, that as we as this trend develops we should keep an eye on what they're doing
1: And Tom let me interject
2: before so I, there might have been a misinterpretation there in the. US it is
1: standard practice to have paid vacation leave there might have been just a miscue there but oh, back over to Rebecca
5: um sorry so the audio cut out on some of that so I, I missed some of it but um yeah j- just to clarify like what what I meant like is that it's not like, Um, it's not like paid vacation is not like a universal, a universal policy in the U S. So like a lot of people do have access to it, but, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, particularly, uh, low wage, um, retail or food service workers don't have to paid vacation. Um, yeah, so in terms, (laughs) right, right. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so in terms of of, um, leaders and organizations, I don't have like one specific, but, you know, just something else that that came to mind, you know, is um, like a reason why the U.S. is an outlier is um, I think it has to do like with our culture, you know, like in the U.S. in the sense of like the U.S. being a very work focused culture and you know, people being very identified by what they do in the United States. Uh, um, And, you know, that's just not the case in other countries, Um, you know, like in in other cultures, um, even in other Western cultures, you know, people don't have like that same focus where like, you know, work is their entire life. So I think that cultural difference might be um, part of, might explain part of the difference.
2: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, Linda Ann, let's go to you.
5: Um, I have a couple of points. One is
3: Rebecca is absolutely right. There is no general requirement throughout the country to have an employer provide leave. And what I'm thinking is that it's probably a, a, a governmental standard in those other countries. You know, it's state by state here and employers are not, for most states, required to provide leave at all. Vacation leave. I know that some of that's changed um, with sick leave because of COVID and there's some policies out there, right? But as far as vacation leave or paid time off, it's not required by most states. Um, so there's there's that. So she's absolutely right on that. Um and, and Jeremy, you made a comment that that the even though it's unlimited, that it's not tracked. And from a human resources perspective, you could be unlimited, but I would still recommend that you track who's taking what, especially when you get into situations where it might be abused. You need those records so that you can say, you know, you haven't been here half the time and it's your performance is an issue. So that's that's my take on, on that piece. Um, and as far as the cultural aspect of things, I often said to people, you know, you have to look at our ancestors who came here. What kind of personality type does it take to leave home with $20 in your pocket, take a ship across the ocean and start somewhere new, right? What does it take to immigrate to a country where you don't know the language? And that's the culture or the the upbringing that a lot of the people in our country have had. You know, it's a different mindset than my ancestors. We've been here for a thousand years, And so I think that has some effect on how our work culture has developed. I think it's evolving now, but I think that that's had some effect on it.
2: Uh, Jeremy, let me come back to you now, because we're now sort of getting into this discussion of a need for a cultural change. What is that change? I mean, I still think that within five years, we're gonna look back at the way we worked pre-pandemic and the way it's evolved five years in the future. And it's going to be totally different. But if we, if we're going to make it there, there is this cultural shift that needs to happen. And especially, you know, not, well, I was going to say, especially at the top and especially with items like trust, but it really has to be throughout the entire organization if it's going to work. So how do we start having the discussion about a cultural shift?
1: You know, you look at the under, What are the underlying factors that are involved? You know, you look at accountability, autonomy, you know, trust, commitment to one's organization, one's work, one's um, uh, work department, one's team, and, and one's boss. So there's a lot of different things there. Uh, you look at job satisfaction. So I think you know, really, there's 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 no answer now because advocating for you know. So I guess so. What you're saying, you know, let me let me backtrack looking five to 10 years out, how do you start that culture shift now? And if you're an organization saying, Hey, let's work towards this in five to 10 years, because again, I don't think it's an immediate thing that companies should just all get on board with. There's so much involved. There's so much training involved. Um, we, we don't have enough data, but you know, start, uh, looking to promote people who, who are good leaders versus are good at their individual tasks. Uh, or make sure if you're promoting people who are, are good individual contributors, make sure that they, you give them proper you know, leadership training. Um, use, a, use a psychological assessment to look at leadership capability. Um, some of these predictive assessments can help with that uh, to be able to determine, because that's where it starts. You know, look at the and we would I'm sure at some point we'll have some data on this, but you know what what's the what are some of the correlations between maybe unlimited work vacation as it sits now and those uh, team members that have a micromanager, you know, what, what are the effects versus uh, unlimited vacation with a, a leader who is more laissez-faire type, you know, hands off. Right. So we're, we're gonna start to understand these things better. And once we do, we can provide more direction. Uh, for, those, uh, for those IOs out there, when, when we're looking at these studies, it's important. We're, there's, there's more, obviously, there's more out there when we look at research in terms of what's going on in the UK and Germany and those kinds of things. But we also have to be careful with that. You know, studies in the United States might provide us with a better baseline because we're talking about people who either have limited vacation or don't have any vacation at all. And then we're studying what's the effect of an unlimited vacation policy. You know, that's the difference between, you know, having to walk to work with a pebble in your shoe versus, you know, driving to work. You know, there's a difference there. Versus, you know, in in Germany or uh, these other countries, that offer a lot of vacation and then move to va- unlimited vacation the difference might not be big enough to 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 really see what's going on in terms of a difference so that that's interesting there but in terms of culture shift it's already happened i mean you know look the companies that have an unlimited vacation policy now they didn't you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, and we see all the, um, the, the, just the different cultural shifts, the different positions that organizations are hiring for really focused on that employee experience. And that's the the shift. Um, most job recs out there, require, you know, they talk about their company culture. Organizations are learning that their employer brand and do these com- people want to work for the company. And how do we get our word out that we're a good, good employer so that they have an easier time hiring that that top talent? Um, but I, w- I would love to also hear, uh, I'm going to do the name call out thing because it's just so beautiful <laughs> to hear your name gets us energized. We have Joseph, Brittany, Robin, Keith, Jordan, Brent, Megan, uh, Manjuri, uh, Heather, Sharon, Rebecca, Cordette, David, Lorena, Elizabeth, Tiffany, and Manuka. And Colin, if anyone has any uh, anything to share, please just raise that hand and come on up. We'd love to hear your voice. Tom, I'll turn well, back to you.
2: Well, While they're thinking about their next question, uh, we're going to go to Linda Ann, but Jeremy, there's some interesting questions popping up in the chat if you want to take a look at those. Linda Ann, over to you.
3: I just wanted to comment that while you know it, Jeremy had mentioned the tech companies and, and their unlimited policy and so forth, it's important to realize that they have, it, it's not just, well, we're not going to have a, um, a policy on, on vacation anymore. Those Unlimited policies have a lot of structure into how it's administered. So it's not just, we don't have to do this part anymore, take off time. Those policies for those tech companies and the people who are finding it successful have real structure to that unlimited policy.
2: Uh, qu- quite true. And, and do you think there, I mean, we've talked about the tech industry a little bit uh, because you know there's a lot of circumstances where employees can take charge of their workload And how they're organizing things do you think we're going to eventually get to a point where you know when it comes to those type of regulations you know as i think about it what would be really simple is to tell my employees two or three weeks a year we want you to totally disconnect totally get away from the organization but the rest of the year you have deadlines and if you know you've got a deadline friday but you're all caught up on your work we maybe don't you know on by monday we don't want you to disappear for that week we just need you to check in to make sure we're all going to be on the same page come friday but if you want to spend half an hour or you know maybe dedicate your mornings to checking in with your colleagues on the team but let them know as well that you're taking some flex time and that in the afternoons you're going to be gone monday to thursday is that a possibility as we move forward um let me throw it to jeremy it is, and it's also
1: that fine line of you're, so you're providing employees with this autonomy, and then you're telling them what to do with that autonomy. So <laughs> it's it's a little bit of a fine line uh, to walk, and it all again it, it all goes back to to you know, clear communication and really proper training. And I'll I'll move even away kind of from training into proper conditioning, right? Because that's what training is, and also proper. Make it an experience rather than a transaction, right? Not all trainings have to be. We're training you a skill. It can be, you know, again that kind of more qualitative. Let's talk about how this will impact you. Let's talk about, you know, you're an employee. You don't know what to do now that you have unlimited vacation. Let's talk about it. You know, let's let's talk about what are the stigmas associated that you're afraid of if you do take vacation days. Again, that race to the bottom. Uh, you know, like I didn't take any of my unlimited vacation days. That can not be good for for the company too. And again, we go back to that the, those curves. We want to make sure that people are you know getting that rest and recovery stage. And it, sometimes it doesn't have to take long. You know, we're not unlimited vacation. It it, it can be a day, it could be a half day, it could be a week. So it it depends. But and then there's scheduling issues, right? So how do you work the scheduling? And that can be, um, if anyone's seen the, the uh, you know, the the HRS like the scheduling system software. I mean, it's it's very busy, and to be able to work that, and manage schedules with, with known vacation policies, to be able to adjust on, uh, you know, a little more on the fly, and to manage that, it can be a little more difficult. Linda Ann, it looks like you had uh, something to say.
2: <laughs> no. I don't think he does. Uh, but no, me... I,
3: I was just reading the, the question, so I guess I yes. had a facial expression <laughs> on, on the commentary on the chat. Well, oh.
2: there's some good questions in there. Um, Jeremy, are you finding anything you want to raise? Because if not, I want to go to something that MT says. I did see that uh, Keith mentioned the downside. So Keith says, is there
1: an upside to not having a requirement? I'm guessing that means not having a requir- requirement to provide any vacation. Um, and then it goes on to I think here here is it. Do you think com- sorry? Do you think a company that offers unlimited vacation has a culture of high trust, or do you think it's a demonstration of high trust and a path to increasing trust? I think it's uh, I think it's a little bit of yeah they do have a culture of high trust because it might take a little bit a uh, little bit of a shoehorn to get the foot in the shoe there, uh, but I think more it's more of a demonstration of of trust. We're going to demonstrate. We're going to be the first to trust, and because of that. We're going to rely on the psychological principle of reciprocation, which is so very strong. You know, when somebody does something for you, you feel uh, extra uh, encouraged to do something for them. Um, a, a quick tip, if anybody ever does anything for you, don't. If, they, if somebody ever thanks you for helping them out, don't say, you're welcome. Say, you would do the same for me. Because that what that does is it sparks just a little bit of that uh, reciprocation back. And there's some very interesting studies on reciprocation.
2: Tom. Um, MT says, I feel that employers are working more during work from home. And we've seen that. You know, we had a discussion with Des Blanchfield, who I, I would love Des to be my boss, because he talked about having conversations with people where they were going, Oh, you know, what are you what are you doing right now having this meeting with me? It's six o'clock. Aren't you supposed to be eating dinner with your family? And people were like ignoring family functions <laughs> because they felt like they were working 24-7. So we are seeing, you know, this this transition. At the same time, you know, Des made a great point. Productivity is up. Like if no one's working, if we're all taking advantage of working from home, we wouldn't be in the economic position we are now. Uh, so, you know, we, we sort of need to get... We have to keep an, be observant for those people who are working 24-7, but at the same time, it doesn't seem to be as rampant as leaders want us to think it is. Is that what you're seeing as well, Jeremy? And then we're going to go to Sharon and Linda Ann.
1: I, I again, I, I, I kind of focus this back on, you know, industry, you know, I mean, hospitality is going to be completely different than, than uh, you know, the the IT industry. There's so many different factors involved because of the needs of the company and because of the needs of their client base, and that's where we're gonna that's where we're gonna start to find more information. You know, once we get out of the um, you know more of the tech industry, having those you know the complete open. F- Floor and, and other companies are doing it. Completely open floor plans, and you know you've got a coffee shop within there. Um, because you know we also look in terms of what the millennial workforce is looking for. So it's it's almost a shift that has to happen in terms of being rampant. That'd be my answer to that. All
2: right, Sharon, let's go to you.
4: Thanks, Tom. I really think there needs to be some clarification or definition around the phrase unlimited vacation. In some people's ears, it's uh, woo, let's all go away for, uh, for six months and uh, nobody needs to know where I am or what I'm doing. And is that what we mean by uh, unlimited vacation? I think if that was presented to a company leader, that person who depending on where they are at as an advanced thinker or as a laggard leader, um, they will have different interpretations of the word. The same thing will be true of the workforce. Unlimited vacation sounds pretty good to some individuals. To others, they might say, what do I need unlimited vacation for anyway? I like to work. I like to be a producer. I like to create. Give me the opportunity to really do something and be creative here. And oh, by the way, I need a lot of time to do that. So I think the definition needs uh, clarification. I also think uh, and agree with Jeremy that understanding uh, the personalities in the decision maker's office and where they are coming from and where their mindset is. Are they again uh, a new thinker? Are they uh, really in tune with the new culture? Are they wanting to prepare themselves for the uh, great resignation? Does, does the, Do the financials motivate them more? Is there any hope at all that that individual in the C-suite or the executive decision-making capacity has any form of empathy at all? Do we need to change the person in that decision-making capacity? Pretty tough often if they don't have the um, uh, the wherewithal to make that change. So empathy certainly is being talked about. Is It's a phrase that's been used and, and, uh, and, and encouraged over the last two, three years, certainly during and just after, before the pandemic. But to understand how to become empathetic is a personality change in some ways, and or it's a skill to acquire if there's a willing participant. So I'm all in favor of evidence-based research. I really would like to start with some, the word audit might be harsh, but I really wanna understand where each individual in the decision-making management system is where they are at mentally, about their own health, about their visions for the future. And then I want to understand what their employees have to say. Where are they at on that continuum? So I I really want to begin with understanding where everybody is at first before we, we know where we can go in the future.
2: And once again, it really sort of comes back to that notion of communication from not only from top to bottom, but from bottom to top as well. The more we can have those discussions with the employees, with the managers, with the leaders, the better understanding we're going to come to in all sorts of issues, not only vacation as well. Linda Ann, over to you.
3: So I have a question as once a company implements the unlimited vacation. Right. And one of the things that is often seen, as Jeremy had said, was the race to the bottom, you know, the competitive kind of piece as um, industrial and organizational psychologists, how would you work with that company to, because I, I, in my opinion, you know, if, if you've got this whole disparity of, of a lot of people aren't taking the vacation at all, how would you work with them to have it be an effective policy where, where it accomplishes kind of what its purpose is or what do you think the real purpose of, of doing that is?
1: I'll take that one and if anyone else wants to chime in, any other IOs in the room, you know, a couple I say simple but but not simple. You figure out what your what your baseline data is for performance, for absenteeism, for you know turnover, for you know union complaints for whatever it may be, job satisfaction, employee engagement, and then you you know, I, I would say you're, you're training. You're looking at the the leaders. You're giving them training on, on the policy, and you're con- continuing to collect data. You're also working on the communication aspect of it. You know how do how do questions get get answered in a um, not transactional but an experiential way? Uh, what's the culture around it? What are the stigmas around it? So all these things are questions that have to be have to be answered because if you're going to make it effective, you can't just make it a, well. Yeah, you know, this is funny because a lot of things in organizations are check the box. Hey, we're doing this because we want to show you that we care, but they don't do it the right way. I think unlimited vacation policy can't be a check the box because the company's got a lot to lose if, if it doesn't go well. So you have to have all these these processes in place, um, and it would have to be you again. You'd have to walk that fine line of it's it's a it's very structured from the HR point of view because it is a policy. But there's got to be a lot of discussion around it and it's got to be very much prepared for because in some cases having an unlimited vacation policy can make it harder for a company to terminate an employee because the employee can come back and we can see where the uh the loopholes can be there and that's something that i've come across too that can be so um there are a lot of what if this happens um a lot of visioning out a lot of uh problem solving a pilot a trial run these these are things that 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 are important to do but you know the base the basic on a baseline collect data train analyze data continuous process improvement you got to make sure that you're on the ball and you have someone absolutely dedicated and who's what they're doing and then you have to make sure that you've got proper buy-in proper communication proper training and proper proper channels of communication to them Tom, I think you're muted.
2: I I decided I better mute my mic and then I forgot to turn it back on. So I want to pose this question to you, Jeremy, because you know, when I was working in post-secondary, there was lots of vacation time. I got five weeks a year, but my issue was always, how do you expect me to take any vacation time when I've got so much work to do? So how do you, you know, unlimited vacation would be great, but I would have said at that point, it's useless to me because to get the work done, it does demand that I'm here 40 hours a week or that I'm using you know, my free time at home preparing for a class. Now, post-secondary, of course, that's always part of your contract It's those preparation and grading hours. But, you know, I still, it was great to have five weeks of vacation time, which they wanted me to take, you know, between, you know, the end of May and the beginning uh, the end of August. But also I was so busy prepping for the next season, Uh, for the next year, I was doing auditions for the program because we were a theater and film program. So with you, when you have those employees that go great, unlimited vacation, but I have no time right now to take the vacation you're giving me that (laughs) someone should have sat me down and said, no, you, it's important that you take time off. And if there's too much work, here's how we're going to help you. Am I right?
1: Kinda, you're right on the uh, on the. On <laughs> Here we go. I think it 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 comes down to education. Somebody who's good at baking, you know, baking cakes in a bakery might not be the best at time management and productivity. We all have skills. Not everyone's the the, the best. So that can be again. It can't be a check the box. Having a, a mentor who's good in, in productivity. And you know, we all feel good. We all have those days where we're super productive and we have our time, you know, every, everything's down and we feel like we have got fulfillment at the end of the day, because you might be able to get a lot more work done in less time with proper time management skills, very simply, proper productivity. The other thing is education on if you are going and going and going, let's say, you know, a five month stretch and you feel, well, I have to keep going in order to get this work done. If you take a day off or two days or three days, when you come back, you might be working at a productivity rate that's 50 to 75, 75% higher. You're making fewer mistakes. You're having to backtrack less, so you can easily make up for those three days' time because your cognitive ability is there, um, and your ability to you know deal with other people, manage your projects, manage your own time. It's just it's like everything else. Um, you know, it goes back to the airplane example sometimes. Uh, you know, in the event of a disaster, put your mask on before that of the elderly and the children, because you have to be healthy and good in order to help everyone else. And again, I go back to that wave, that climbing st- the stair sound wave looking graph, where you've got a recovery phase. And uh, if you keep going at a certain level and practicing and trading at a certain level, which is leads to burnout, you're going to stay below that baseline in terms of productivity, mental awareness. And every time you do take recovery time standard recovery time or sufficient recovery time you go higher and higher with your ability in your job
2: your skills cognitive ability and productivity great sharon over to you
4: and the question is
2: oh you had your hand up that's why i came over to you
3: oh sorry no my apologies
2: (laughs) that's okay linda ann has a question let's go to you linda ann
3: I do. So if we go ahead and, and somebody's implemented unlimited um, vacation and they do all that data collection and that evaluation and so forth, and find that it's really not working very well, is how do you take away unlimited leave? You know, is this a point of no return once you do it? Or or what do you think about that?
2: It's a great question, Jeremy. How would you deal with that? Well, I would give that to someone else. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, that's, I mean, it's a fabulous question, right? Once people start getting things, you know, it's very hard to, to give up. One thing is clear communication up front. This is going to be conditional. We're doing a trial practice run. But then you also have to be aware of different effects because they know it's a practice run where they might try extra hard to be really good at it. So in order to, you know, they're they're having extra good behavior in order to, you know, it's like Christmas time. So So Santa comes, so they're extra good. So it might not be the real data that you're looking for. Um, and it's, I I think that's where it comes to the preparedness of looking at other studies, what is already known, um, and, and collecting as much data as you can, um, testing the preparedness because you're going to have to, I mean, it's such a big policy. So if you have, and that's where it comes to executive level decision-making where these are the people up top, who uh are poised to make this decision and it is a business decision based on business objectives and business goals where if they have everything in front of them they have the data they have um you know all the nuances they understand you know pros and cons how to what the challenges would be handled everything set up in order to make an effective decision at that point they will make a decision and at that point they'll also well, I think Linda should, Linda Ann should be there to say, Hey, cause they might not think what if we have to, to walk it back? You know, <laughs> you get so far into it. Uh, but then there's a, they come to a, you know, a policy per se or some kind of agreement in terms of what happens at that point. you also have to think, you know, once you get unions involved, if, if it, if it has to do with that. So it's a, it's a big thing. Um, I think the companies that are doing it though are gonna prov- start to provide enough data because there are people you know, in there in these companies researching it, looking at these pilots, and there's gonna be more and more data that comes out that can be used to help these business leaders make a sound
2: business decision. Thank you for that. Uh, we've got about four minutes left just to let everyone know. Linda Ann, back to you. Oh no, that was it? <laughs> All right, Jeremy, why don't we have a little chat about um, uh, this has been a great discussion. It doesn't sound like we're going to come to any sort of conclusion about this, but it is great to start the discussion and, and to sort of see where this will take us. But do you think the nature of vacation time is going to change? And you, you, you mentioned the word union just as I was thinking about what are unions going to think about this? So, you know, not only if I want unlimited time, vacation time not only do I have to convince the powers that be at work but I'm probably gonna to have to have a discussion with my union as well how are they going to accept this notion of unlimited vacation
1: well, I think you have to get the buy-in of the HR people that are gonna to have to deal with the union because <laughs> that's one of the I mean you want to talk about a, uh, a opening a little little tiny bit of a can of can of worms right then so so um, uh, that I, that's a challenge. That, that's a completely separate challenge for a, a, a completely different day because now you're talking now, even what Linda Ann said in terms of, well, what if we have to walk it back? You know, does it apply to everybody? Does, it, oh man, so so many questions, but again, that's why we have these very capable people at the top of uh, the companies making decisions. Sharon, you had a book maybe that you were, uh, going to mention.
4: <laughs> yes. Uh, my open, yeah. Uh. So we're really talking about societal change here, and it's completely different from Europe. We all know we can't find anybody to have a conversation during the summer months with uh, somebody in, in Europe. So uh, it's a cultural uh, growth, and, and Lindanne really explained that beautifully uh, about how the how, uh, United States and Canada, quite frankly, also grew up. Um, I'm going to bring up a book and whether or not this is something that any of our decision makers would want to wrap their thoughts and attitudes around. It's called an economy of well-being, the genuine a common sense tools to, for building genuine, genuine wealth and happiness by Mark Anielski. Uh, this is a gentleman who is doing measurement of happiness in countries around the world. And it's a completely different mindset. But Of course, what it does is it claws back the need from forcing tom to work too much on preparation over the summer for his next season coming up but the mindset is is driven of course that mindset is driven by more 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 better financials better output better productivity is there room for an economy of well-being in our society today after what we have all come through collectively on the planet? i don't know
2: I don't know either, but it sounds like a great topic for another podcast. (laughs) Uh, Jeremy, we are out of time. Do you want to uh, maybe give us a highlight of what we're going to be talking about next week?
1: So next week, our topic is how to identify talent in your workforce using a talent spatula. So think of a spatula, you're getting all that cake batter out of the bowl. That's the talent. There's so much talent that's being missed. So many years of experience, whether work or life experience or specific company experience, that is just completely unused. So how do we really, really tap into that is for next week. And if you're an IO interested in joining CBOK, there's currently a waiting list, but you can go right to CBOK.com and get on that waiting list. We have a loss also for everyone. We have some blogs you can find the work cookie podcast there and we have some great free resources and if you are in corporate if you're looking to connect with an io uh, we have memberships where you're able to get free monthly console calls with ios discounts on services and explore some resources there thank you tom so much for doing a great job as always and for everyone being here we are out of time so i will go ahead and close this out see you next week Closing in five, four, three, two, and one.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Work Cookie, a CBOC podcast.